0: Hey everyone, welcome to Trevor Lawrence's favorite podcast, Parolees and Playoffs. The rules are simple, listen, then head over to the subreddit and vote for your favorite host. After five losses, the loser must spin the wheel of consequences, which includes funny consequences such as driving to Gary, Indiana, or letting Carl handle all your gambling. Last week, just like the Dolphins, <laughs> was a wild card. Vinny's Creep murdered a couple people and then decided to rough up the tight end. No, I don't feel good about that joke. Carl's Creep, on the other hand, murdered four women who could have been great wide receivers, but we'll never know. Anyways, that's all I got for this week. Tucker, out.
1: Attention, parents. What you're about to see is not
2: suitable for kids. Shoot, it's not even suitable for some grown-ups. You might want to walk away now if you ain't into these type of things.
3: I'm going to give the people what they want. Sensation, horror, shock. I'm going to deliver the goods, because I'm alive, and I'm not backing
1: down. Cuckoo, cuckoo.
3: You can do it. It's all up to you and kind. With a little plan, you can change your life to die. You don't have to spend your life addicted to smack. Homeless on the streets giving head jobs for crack.
4: What the hell is this supposed to be?
1: Disgusting, vomit-inducing thing.
4: Hola, Creepos, and welcome to this playoff edition of the creepoffs. Playoffs? We're talking about playoffs. Playoffs? Hey, everybody. We're not going to talk about sports, but I'm just going to put it to you this way. This Sunday at 1 o'clock Eastern time. It's the Creeper Bowl. It really is. It's a problem. Bills versus the Dolphins in the wild card weekend. I got to tell you, man, it's going to be the wildest of cards. Maybe even wilder than last week's episode. Oh, yeah? Yeah. And which, by the way. Uh,
1: What happened last week? I Uh, won. You got 72 to 62 votes. I did. Motherfucker. What
3: an asshole.
4: And my name is Vinny, by the way. That's Carl. (laughs) I know. We're getting right into it today.
1: Congratulations, Vinny. Two wins this week. Oh, yeah. I guess so. So, what's the score in this round? Because I just. Spun the
4: wheel. Is I down 1 nothing? It is uh, officially 1 okay. Vinny Carl 0. All
1: right. I got to get back in the, the winning uh, mode. Have you over thought here.
4: anything about your itinerary for Gary, Indiana yet? I
1: have. I have given it some thought. So I spun the wheel last week and spun drive to Gary, Indiana. Now, what it doesn't say is where you have to start from. I am not driving my car from Rochester, New York to Gary, Indiana. But what I will do is go enjoy oh. a Cubs game or two at Wrigley Field. Grab a rental car and head down to Gary. So what's the baseball I season starts... I hope
4: fucking drunk drive into a fucking mountain. You <laughs> asshole. Into a mountain? I don't care what it is. Just into something. So you're going to go to Chicago and have a good time, and then you're going to drive to Gary and then go back to your hotel in Chicago.
1: Well, I'm not saying I'm going to do it right after the Cubs game gets done. I'm just saying I'm going to go to Chicago... If I like vacation, I'll go to a Cubs game or two, and then I'll also carve out some time to go to Gary. Either that, or I'll just put a green screen up next to my car and fake it. I don't know. We'll see. One of those things is going to happen, though. Well,
4: folks, uh, feel free to respond to that however you want to. That's uh, that's Carl's plan for his consequence, is to have a nice vacation in Chicago.
1: Well, if I got to go to Gary, Indiana, I'm going to drive from Chicago and not from Rochester. Are you insane? It's kind of the consequence. I am am still fucking doing the consequence, asshole. Oh, so wait a second. So if you had gotten that, are you going to tell me that you wouldn't have stopped at every toy shop along the way and done a little shopping for wrestling figures? Don't act like you can't have a
4: little bit of fun. Not everyone. You even ate
1: pizza when you were working at the pizzeria. Like it's
4: not just punishment. There's some fun in it too. You got to look for the silver lining whenever you're dealing with the consequence. I agree, Carl. Yes,
1: I, I like Chicago. But I, like the I feel like
4: maybe what you ought to do, and I think really the thing that would be in fairness to the spirit of the show, okay, would be for you to drive. From Rochester. The balls on you to, to talk about the spirit of the show and with the that drive to Chicago. With the
1: cheating that you've done over the years, sir. What wow. cheating? Wow.
4: Listen to this. Lowie. Listen to this. We got all the voting on the Reddit where he wants it. Don't act like you have and some integrity, Alvis. Uh-huh. Straight up and down the hall, baby. Yeah, I know. That's a problem. We got to get people voting. We got to get the cuz Ruse ignited. Oh, Jesus Christ. So I feel like you should drive to Gary uh-huh. and then go to Chicago and have your palate cleanser with the Cubs. I feel like that's fine. Vinnie, but I don't think you get to drive to Chicago, go have a good time, run over to Gary, go back to Chicago and have more fun. Vinny doesn't feel right to me. Doesn't sit. You and I have been well on business right trips together. Yeah. for uh live, what you
1: call that? Yes. Live okay. live podcasting. All right. What do you know about me when it comes to these trips? You, I don't see you in there. I do not drive. I never. I always fly there. I do not like being in a car for more than an hour. It's not going to happen. So I'm going to fly to Chicago and then drive to Gary. All
4: right. Well, that's the
1: plan. Anyway, we'll see. All right, <laughs> we'll see what Carl. happens.
4: All right, Carl. We'll let the listeners deal with you. Tucker so, wants to know if we have a chairman. Do we need to have this settled somehow? Uh, I think Frisker Whisker, creep off course, is the uh, the uh, commissioner. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, Carter's
1: promoting the new uh, podcast. Yeah, he certainly yes, is he
4: Well, I don't even know if this is going to last past one episode. What's going to happen this evening is going to be either a spectacular failure or a monumental success. I like the premise. I think it's brilliant. Yeah, like he asked me out of nowhere. I really okay. For Let's those promote who don't it real know, quick. Yeah, I'll do it real quick. I, Troy Smith made some great art. There it is. <laughs> He's the best. He really is the greatest. Uh, uh, subreddit surfing is going to be...
1: So wait a second. Am I, am I saying that Cardiff is fucking packing? Yeah. Jesus Christ, this potato's got the biggest hog I've ever seen. Okay. <laughs>
4: <laughs> yeah, so the plan is we are going into a uh, undisclosed subreddit, but I will tell you this. The subreddit that I discovered for this, mm-hmm. if you're a off fan, you're going to enjoy the results. We have posted a link in that page for people just to join us on a stream yard. So anyone who just naturally happens to be in that Reddit can come in and have a conversation with us about what the fuck they're doing there.
1: That's hilarious. I love that.
4: It's funny. Hopefully it works
1: out. I mean, this is kind of a wild card. Yeah,
4: so we're not going to tell anybody where we're going to be. Um, we're gonna redo this live tonight. We'll see what happens. So it should be fun. Cardiff is uh, a brilliant guy. I enjoy doing this. What we'll time? Uh, what time are you doing it? What channel? 8 p.m. Eastern. It's gonna be on Cardiff's on channel. channel. Okay. I'll tweet out the link later. So cool. make sure you're following me at Vinny Paulino. Cam Critical says, "Bring Petty Seacups Cups to
1: Stutter Slam." I want to hear him go off on Zumok. That would be awesome. Should we give him an invitation to come to uh, DabbleCon, WTPLive.com? Are you really asking me if we should
4: invite Patrick Michael to something? I mean, he just
1: recently brought up he's got a thing with Zumok. I was like, wow, okay. How? Why? Did Zumach,
4: like contact him?
1: No, he he goes, I don't want to be talking about Brendan Schaub. I don't want to be t- talking about Chad Zumok, But you guys don't know who that is. And I was like, I do. I'll watch your show where you make fun of Chad Zumok. Come on, Paddy. Let's go. These worlds, man,
4: I are just fucking. It's crazy. Psh, psh, it's like the MCU. Yep. It's like we got Peter Parker uh, for freaking Tobey Maguire over there. Well, we tried to, Patrick Michael over here. We tried
1: to recast Patrick Michael, and then in, I don't know. Contract negotiations started up again, and now he's back in the fold. So. I think you
4: should. I think you should. If you Patrick Michael gets replaced by anybody, it should be the Spaz kid. Oh, that was <laughs> podcast. Yeah, that's it great. Beavis. <laughs> All right, folks. I digress. Miami's gonna be Buffalo on Sunday at one o'clock. We have a Well they cover to play the today. point
1: spread, is the question. Ten and a half is the point spread. The Bills are favored by a lot.
4: Is Tua gonna play this game? No clue. You don't know? No fucking clue.
1: That's the big big difference man Listen, if Tua's yeah.
4: not playing, I mean it's whatever. Yeah. If Tua is playing, we got a game. Yeah. I agree. That's mm-hmm. the answer. They might cover the spread if Tua starts. I agree. You won by a field goal and you lost by a two points, I believe. <laughs> yeah. So uh, that's five points that have decided the first two games. That's this true. is the rubber match. That's true. This has been a good rivalry this year. Yeah, a lot of fun. I'm not watching it with your ass. Yeah, I know. I invited you. You did invite me, but I, I mean, there's no fucking way in hell I can All handle, right. my heart can handle that stress of looking over, watching <laughs> fucking Skylar Thompson throw three interceptions and Carl <laughs> smile across the room. I'm no just running laps. Way. I'm just well, running my, laps around the house. Oh, my God fucking cholesterols that have come out of my ears Ugh. it's gonna be disgusting what are we gonna do today carl well we're gonna read super chat so thank you guys for sending those
1: in already. Right. that's what we've been reading keep those coming We'll we'll save them for the end but today's category because on this show we don't typically do a wild card we want to try to compete
4: with different categories of creepiness and today is the self-help guru i believe this was suggested in our discord by someone so great job someone thanks someone for participating we appreciate thank you for being it. a part of the show whoever the fuck you are yep you're great now carl self-help guru is a very interesting thing it can mean a lot of different things yes it can mean someone who's just like an, wrote a book about mind over matter sure it could be uh someone who ends up running a full-fledged cult based off of their self-help stuff yeah, it sure could be it maybe. sure could be and that's why ladies and gentlemen i would like to start the show off today with my creep so ring that bell carl <laughs> A lot of people know him by his stage name, which is Vanguard. Mm-hmm. Very cool name. Very cool. If you're a little nerd and you could get a bunch of women to call you Vanguard, normally I would assume you're a creep, but I would say this guy's all right.
1: So, dude, this Vanguard guy, he already yeah. sounds really cool. I'm already on board. Sure. He probably plays sports, like really cool manly sports. I'm guessing he likes to play, like,
4: football. Nope, and volleyball. Oh. He's a big volleyball fan. Oh. But He's like, a real nerd who likes volleyball. But he competes with other guys,
1: right? On in the volleyball court, and it's just like a bunch of dudes like really going at it hard. No, he
4: plays with the girls league oh. and the guys play separately while he sits on the side with the girls. Oh. Which is exactly what Carl would do too. <laughs> Honestly, I was reading all this stuff. You haven't watched the documentary? Just, I did watch the documentary, yeah. parts of it. Okay. I haven't seen the whole thing. I don't care. It's great. I love it.
1: Um I love this guy. Uh, I also like the uh, the chick that he employs who also got arrested. But anyway.
4: Miss <laughs> oh, Salzman. Yeah. Yeah, we'll get to that. Right. So I did a lot of digging into this guy because there was so much that the the documentary uh, supposedly did not get into. So I'm going to try to hit the high points. There's too many notes, but I just want to tell you one thing. If you watch the documentary, you said you were a fan, Carl. Yes. Do you remember the woman named Tony uh, Natalie? Yes. I know Tony. Oh, you do? I do. Tony came in and recorded a podcast right where you're sitting when the club first opened. Oh, no shit. Brother Weez called me one day. and he goes, hey, I got this broad. She was in a cult. It was a big deal. She's got to record some stuff. Can you help her out? I said, bring her on in. This is before the Creep Off existed. Yeah. She recorded a whole thing. So I kind of got to hear a lot of the backstory. Cool. And hey, I'm excited to bring it up.
1: Vinny, how long is this going to take? Because I know there's a lot of uh, things that you could cover here. And i was just go. wondering if I should go grab a sandwich or... Grab me one too. All right, because I'm gonna—I'll be to gonna
4: eat it loudly into the microphone while you read yours. When I'm done talking for the next—I don't know—roughly twenty-five, 25, 30 minutes. Oh boy. His sister recalled a story about thirteen-year-old Keith Carl. Would this interest you to hear what kind of little uh, spagali this guy was? His name's was Keith was Rennie, by
1: the way. I don't think we've mentioned that yet.
4: Keith Rennie, the founder of Consumer Byline, the Executive Success Program, also known as ESP, Nexium, and eventually DOS. Those are uh, his organizations. Now. His sister recalled a story about him when he was 13. He really loved talking to girls, mm-hmm. and a lot of girls would call the house, and they would overhear him talking to all of them, and he told each and every one of them they called that he loves them and that they are very special and that they are the ones that he is meant to be with. He's pretty smooth. This is a 13-year-old child yeah. who's telling other 13-year-old girls this. I find that to be a little strange. Smart, yeah, but strange. He's got game, Vinny.
1: That's what you're confused by. Well, what is this? What is this thing where girls are attracted to him? I'm not. I don't know
4: about that. He's a smart kid, right? He's a smart kid. But 1982, he ended up graduating from Rensselaer Polytechnic Institute in Troy, New York, mm-hmm. with a 2.26 grade point average. Wow. Burn burner. Okay. Yeah, I'm not going to say that this guy lies about his intelligence, but mm-hmm. this guy lies about his intelligence yeah, he might constantly be exaggerating. in every fucking turn. He might be exaggerating a bit. So I had to do a little bit of research into like his early years and shit but in, that was 1982 when he graduated. In 84, it was reported by the Albany Times that then 24-year-old Keith Rennery allegedly seduced and sexually abused a 15-year-old girl named Gina Melita. Wait, after- what? Yeah, after the two met in a theater group. After ending the relationship, Melita introduced him to her friend Gina Hutchinson, also 15, whom he also abused. Now, again, Svengali. Girls are always around this fucking guy. Mm-hmm. Gina's sister Heidi found Renier climbing into her bedroom window and confronted the pair. Ranieri told her the quote that Gina was a Buddhist goddess meant to be with him. Yeah. So, that makes sense. So, so far, we're ta- We're in 1984. We have a pedo with a C, point, <laughs> C grade point average. Mm-hmm. Okay? Now, according to his bio, though, he is an esteemed problem-solving rarity. Yes. He has the intellect of 1 in 425,000. His bio also states he's one of the top three problem-solvers in the world. Could be true. <laughs> he really does make a case for himself with what he accomplished, but keep going. I don't know. I mean- is it hard to get dopey broads to follow you around? You do it. <laughs> Good point. The IQ test. That's what I'm saying. I was saying last week that like I was impressed with what you do. Yeah. After watching this nerd, I'm like, eh, it's not yeah. right. <laughs> it's, it's actually pretty easy to manipulate women, it turns out. So I just want to bring this up because this is one of the funniest things I've ever heard of. Okay. He got mentioned in the Australian Guinness Book of World Records. He was named as one of the smartest people in the world. Crikey. One year in 1989. Now, how did he get mentioned in the Australian Book of Guinness, Guinness Book of World Records, Carl? Because he's actually smarter than every Australian. He took a possible? thing called the... <laughs> Correct. <laughs> he beat a kangaroo for the top spot. <laughs> yeah, he beat a kangaroo in chess and was crowned the smartest man on earth. <laughs> the mega test was offered by a thing called the Mega Society, which was founded by a guy in 1982. It's a take-home intelligence test, Carl. Mm-hmm. It's a take-home intelligence test. Sure. Which means, Carl, it is not monitored for cheating. It is also not timed. A person can take the test home and bring it back any time for grading. It is not a standard method for serious tests or for peer result reviews. If okay? you're not cheating, you're not trying. That's what I always say. The boast of the mega society is that it, quote, has no peers. They say the mega test is so hard that only super geniuses, one in a million, could score high enough on it. Anyway, I bet Senator John would be able to ace that one for some reason. I don't know. The mega, yeah, this is what he took. <laughs> yeah. The mega test was the hardest IQ test in the world, supposedly offered by the most exclusive society of geniuses in the world. Now, none oh, this of this IQ test that doesn't even make sense. By God, no shit, Carl. It doesn't <laughs> that's make that's sense. That's that, yeah. But none of this was proven. Obviously. <laughs> yeah. They just said it. This group was like, this is the test. If you base this, that you're the smartest in the world. And apparently he scored the third highest score on it. There he got go. like a 42 out of 46. I'm convinced. Yeah. So he what does he do with this genius intellect and this newfound fame of being in the Guinness Book of World Records? What does he do, Benny? Well, he was making a living in Amway, Carl, mm-hmm. which, as you know, is a multi-level marketing scheme. Sure. And now if you're a C-plus student pedophile – and you scored really high on a fucking fake IQ test that you probably cheated on. And you're a smooth talker. And you're a smooth talker. Mm-hmm. What do you do next? Start a cult. <laughs> you start your own multi-level marketing <laughs> yeah. scheme. And he started the consumer buy line, Yes. Which was basically one of those things where you buy into it. They negotiate. your. They have buyers that buy 50 of these cars at a cheaper price. So because you're a member, you could get them at that price or whatever the fuck it is. So this ends up getting shut down. During this time, as he starts it, this is when he meets my friend Tony. She starts working for him mm-hmm. and banging him. They're together for like nine years. During this time, an article came out about an expose that included three accounts of Rainier seducing and abusing girls under the age of consent around this time, which is 1990. He found some people that were members of the market market level marketing company, And they had a 12-year-old daughter. And he was like, oh, I'll help her learn Latin and algebra. And he fucking molested her. Mm -hmm. Nothing was done about it. Mm Now, in 1993, his thing's shut down. It's called a pyramid scheme. He has to pay $40,000 fine. He's got nothing. He's still with this Tony Natale lady. He's like Jeffrey Epstein without the money or connections, basically. Yeah, he's just a fucking... He doesn't have a pot to piss in at this point, Mm -hmm. and he has to sign this document, Carl. This is what's really interesting. Or as R. Kelly would say, he doesn't have a 13-year-old girl to piss on. (laughs) Turns out he did. Yeah. He had a couple of them laying around. Now, he had to sign a consent order, which meant that he was no longer, he was permanently barred from promoting, offering, or granting participation in chain distribution. Okay. No more vitamin pills. Mm -hmm. No more Amway. None Mm -hmm. of this shit He's out of the business The only thing he knows In 1998 Tony meets this woman Nancy Salzman The one you were just talking about Yeah She's a nurse practitioner And a hypnotist And she's studying Neuro-linguistic programming So she's into fucking Changing people's behavior And shit like that Mm, You should talk to her I should she should give Nancy (laughs) a call No one would molest me Nancy says to Tony, you're so great. I love you. You're wonderful. And she says, listen, I could really use your help with my boyfriend. He's kind of a loser. The state just shut down his business. He's getting erratic. I'm really worried about him. This is what he's doing. Nancy, this is the quote from Tony. Nancy Salzman said, oh my gosh, I could help with this. It looks, sounds like your boyfriend is a sociopath. Mm-hmm. She goes in to have these sessions with Keith. Tony says she comes out with her eyes glazed over it goes you don't know who he is he's amazing yep he's so smart yep and tony goes i was like wow there goes another one this fucking guy has a power he does that's very creepy so he can't sell shit anymore mm-hmm. what do you sell at this point yourself self help that's right i can help you fix you so he they start they start this company called executive success programs he gets the title Vanguard. She's the prefect. They start recruiting members all over the country, um, they including the Brothmans from the Seagram's Gin, or the uh, Seagram's Fortune. The, yes. Yeah, the whiskey people. They're the people who really funded the entire operation. This guy doesn't know how to fucking make any money. He lost $150 million of their money in commodities trading.
1: Yeah, he makes Jerry Banfield look like an amateur, the way this guy loses money. It's impressive.
4: Yeah, so during this time, he gets her, gets those two broads. He gets the chick from Smallville, Allison Mack, we all know about. yeah, Allison Mack. She's so cute. She's cute. She is so cute. I might join her sex cult. Yeah, I want her brand me. If they'd have me. (laughs) If they would have me. Now, during this time, Carl, this is something that not a lot of people have reported about that I want to talk about that I want to make sure is brought up, because this is fucking nuts. Okay. A woman named Kristen Marie Snyder, she's 35 years old. She's an environmental consultant. She pays seven grand, seven grand, enrolls in a 16 day personal development course with ESP. The following January, Snyder traveled to New York State to visit him in Albany. Snyder's mother recalled that her daughter had come back to believe that for some reason she was responsible for the Columbia shuttle disaster and thought that Keith was incredible. She signs up for another course, sounds plausible, in Anchorage, Alaska. On February 6, 2003, the 10th day of the second seminar snyder reportedly began claiming to be pregnant with rainier's child that's gonna happen now this gets confirmed by claire brofman one of the gin broads or the whiskey broads i was told by her not to bring her to the hospital and that's what makes me feel really bad snyder was last seen leaving the session of the course her vehicle was discovered two days later 120 miles from the site She left a note that said, I attended a course called Executive Success Programs based out of Anchorage, Alaska and Albany, New York. I was brainwashed and my emotional center of the brain was killed slash turned off. I still have feeling in my external skin, but my internal organs are rotting. I am sorry, life. I didn't know. I was already dead. May we persist in the future. A separate page added. No need to search for my body. (laughs) <laughs> sounds plausible yeah a lot of things could have happened there mm-hmm. either way this woman who was pregnant with his kid supposedly disappeared. disappeared
1: okay and didn't want anyone searching for her
4: body Yeah, no need to look for her yeah maybe that's what a genius would want you to think
1: hey if you're seeing this note why don't you just move on you know uh, it's, it's over It's it, uh, don't worry about it
4: you know about the uh, the broads down in Monterey Mexico yes okay a family in Monterey, Mexico, all members of Nexium, fall in love with Keith, mm-hmm. moved to Albany, New York with their three daughters, who he sexually groomed. There is Mariana, who is the mother of Rainier's second biological child. Uh, the middle child, Daniela, was groomed as a minor and began a sexual relationship with Rainier days after her 18th birthday. She was also locked in a room for two years without human contact. The only person that she got to speak to was Nancy Salzman, the hypnotist, mm-hmm. who every time she tried to write letters and letters and letters asking to get out, would tell her she did something wrong and she couldn't. Believe me, she would not, would not be my, my first, first choice, choice that, that I, I can, can tell. Now, Ranieri also began sexually abusing the youngest, Camilla, in 2005 when she was 15 years old. Now, You are fake news. Each one of these women was impregnated at multiple times by Ranieri, and they were all forced to have abortions. Okay. Danielle testified that Ranieri's partner, Pamela Karafits, coached each sister to refuse to answer questions about paternity to prevent Ranieri's abuse from becoming known to any nurse who might be a mandated reporter. I think so far the creepiest thing this guy has done is his
1: pullout game, weak as hell. Weak as hell. He's keeping slaves. They kept her in the fucking- He's got the pullout game of an NBA player. What
4: are you doing, man? Come on. Dude, he did a lot of fucked, fucking terrible shit. Uh, they introduced uh, evidence in the youngest ones thing during his trial. WhatsApp messages. Ranieri considered her as his slave and tasked her with finding him more sex slaves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So by 2003, he's got the Brothmans dumping money into him. Yep. He's dumping money into commodities. He's got all of these fucking women doing everything that he says. And what he does is he starts expanding Nexium in a very insidious way. Okay. He creates a women's group called Jeunesse and a men's group called SOP. Mm-hmm. And then they have like this one for actors and actresses that fucking Allison Mack is supposedly running. Yeah. A lot of Hollywood people get
1: attracted to this thing. Yeah.
4: I mean, they love a cult. In Hollywood. And by
1: the way, I have to say, the women in this cult, uh, above average attractiveness. He, he knows how to find the right people to be in
4: this cult. He does. Now, they all
1: have great bodies. There, interesting there's no, thing, There's though, no
4: Vinnie's in this cult, that's for sure. Oh, dude, self-responsibility? Get the <laughs> fuck out of here with that bullshit. I'm not falling for that cult nonsense. Yeah, I understand. So he's trying to reach out. He's trying to do more. By 2009, he got the Dalai Lama to come to Albany to give a talk at one of their uh, meetings. Mm-hmm. Now, interesting fact, it was revealed eight years later that one of the ways that they got the Dalai Lama to come is that Sarah Bronfman, the other Seagram's girl, fucked one of the monks who was the Dalai Lama's gatekeeper who arranged the appearance. The, vow, the monk had taken a vow of celibacy, and he had to step down after all of it came out.
1: Oh, no. I, I ended up getting laid. I guess now I have to step down and continue to get laid some more. Darn it gosh i really messed up bad
4: uh, i wouldn't want to have the dalai lama disappointed in me no more celibacy for me gosh darn it uh dang it but he's doing all this shit to try to like legitimize himself and and brofman's dad sure really hated him and got uh forbes to do a story about him and called him shady and mm-hmm. said that what he was doing was kind of cult like well by 2015 whoo are we talking cult carl and i'm skipping a lot of shit yep Please do. He created a subgroup within Nexium called DOS, which is an acronym Dominus Obsequious Sorium. It's quasi Latin. It means master over the slave woman. Mm-hmm. Now, here's the thing. None of these women were supposed to know who was on top of this pyramid. But, shocker, it was Keith. <laughs> Little dirty Keith. Yep. He started getting Allison Mack. Yeah to recruit these other women to be part of this women's only group. And he was using the Jeunesse group that was for ladies mainly to start recruiting. Right. So there was hundreds of women who signed up for the Jeunesse group, thousands of women who signed up for the Jeunesse group. He got about 150 women to, go, to join this DOS secret society. Mm-hmm. And basically what it was was market level market, uh, multi-level marketing for dumb women. Yeah. They would get suckered in by another lady who says, you're my slave now. And they would say, oh, we just use that term. It's a it's for it's a term for coaching. Right. Master and slave. Now, what you're going to do is you're going to sign this contract. I'm going to be your master. You're going to be my slave. And you ready for this, guys? I'm going to need to give you, I need you to give me uh, basically compliment on yourself. I need you to give me naked pictures of yourself. Mm-hmm. I need you to tell me awful things about your husband and your family on tape. Mm-hmm. Can you sign over the deed to your house? Would you mind? That's the shit. Collateral they would take. Now, one might say that some of these things are red flags when you're joining an organization.
1: Right, Vinny? That whole uh, signing over the deed to your house and well, taking photos of yourself naked that you don't want to get out. These here, are like here's things you might look at and go, I
4: don't want to be a part of this. When you're part of this Little system in these inner circles in this jeunesse, one of the things that they were doing, Carl, is a tried and true thing that cult leaders do. Okay. And that is they limit the calorie intake of the participants in their groups. Yes. They make sure that they are not getting enough calories so they are foggy. You're giving them all this positivity and you're the leader, but oh yeah, you got to deal with all the shit in your life and here's all the shit. It's basically cleaning up here and uh, sucking Keith's dick and uh, whatever else needs to be done. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, these women start joining this group, and the first levels, it's like this Allison Mack seems to be the number one person in charge underneath Keith. Mm -hmm. Keith was known as the Grand Master.
1: Not a good title.
4: Not a great title. Vanguard's (laughs) way cooler.
1: Wouldn't have gone with that one if I was him.
4: So you want to see something fun? To join this group, they told you you would get a little tattoo. Well, what they didn't tell them is that it wasn't a tattoo. They were fucking branding their vaginas. Yes. Here's a, a picture of uh oh hold on here's a good one yeah this is what that looks like this is a brand this is (laughs) a metal on your skin they use like a soldering iron to do this to these women Mm -hmm. inside of alice and mac's apartment or house they said now carl here's the fun thing this looks like just shit to me it's not a good mark yeah it's a symbol yeah this is what it is yeah kr or flip around it's an a.m It's a Keith Raniere or an Allison Mack. Now, a lot of people started coming out about this time going, this is crazy, as more and more people in the group found out about this. This whole thing snowballs. People start, (laughs) Quite literally, yes. (laughs) Literally snowballs. (laughs) What do you mean he's fucking branding people? The guy who's telling everybody how to live their best life ever is fucking branding people and uh, keeping compliment and their fucking deeds to their house women have disappeared now it's a bad look is what you're saying it's a very bad <laughs> it's look. a bad luck. yeah and talk uh, your way out of this one keith he's fucking blackmailing them yes he's blackmailing them and i gotta tell you a fun other fact here a number of raniere's alleged lovers suffered untimely deaths carl mm-hmm. gina hutchinson was found dead of a gunshot wound to the head oh that'll kill you christian schneider disappeared and was last seen at the same event that i talked about live girlfriends barbara jessica and pam Kavitz both died from what was diagnosed as cancer at the time, but is alleged to have actually been subtle poisoning. Ranieri's partner Christian Kef suffered cervical cancer in 2009. Ranieri was filming claiming was filmed claiming I've had people killed because of my beliefs. Mm. So I need to point that out. And he was put on charge for racketeering, sex trafficking of women, conspiracy to commit forced labor. Uh, More than 100 letters and statements from victims were sent to the court. And he was sentenced to 125 years behind bars.
1: Have you watched? There's a a new doc out about ever since he was um,
4: arrested. Now, I know that. He's in prison in Arizona. Uh And his followers still love him, Carl. Yeah. There are women who go to the prison every night. And they stand out there with flashlights, and they send him Morse code signals with flashlights. Oh, that's probably some
1: real dirty talk, too, I imagine. Oh,
4: it's the dirtiest pillow talk. Yeah, how do you put, I am so wet using a flashlight. I'll, I'll figure it out. Why would you need to figure it out? You just need to learn how to read it.
1: I was, t- I was talking as the girl who
4: is into Keith. Oh. Wow. Why point. would you do that, Carl? All right, Vinny. Who's your creep? Are we wrapping up over here? I'm fucking done. I'm done talking. Very quiet for the rest of the episode.
1: <laughs> Very good. All right. Keith Rainier, Vanguard. Uh, Vinny really went deep with that one. Good job, buddy. Way to find something that everyone's seen on Netflix. I'm going to bring
4: Except for me. Ironically. <laughs> Except for me. I've started watching it. I'm like in
1: episode three. Okay. It's good. It's, a good. it's a good time. So my our buddy Alex helped me out with a guru here. Oh, stop. Don't I think you don't get help from Alex? Don't even,
4: don't even give me that look. How dare you? How dare you give me that look right I now? I had a whole conversation with Alex because he sent me somebody and I said, no, I'm not going to use him because he doesn't fit this category. Oh, he
1: sure does. So we're going to start with a guy named Bhagwan Shri Rajneesh. Or
4: Rajneesh. Ah, gangrenously.
1: Yep. We're going to start with him. And um, he's also known as Osho. So you're going to hear. Uh, Bhagwan, you're going to hear or Rajneesh, you're going to hear Osho, all the same guy. And he's from India. Let's, uh, let's get the backstory on him.
0: While teaching philosophy at the University of Jabalpur, Osho traveled around India spreading his teachings about spirituality and free love. By the mid-1960s, he was leading meditation camps, and soon he'd resigned from teaching to focus on being a guru full-time. It was around this time that he got the nickname the Sex Guru. Osho would later become known as the Rolls-Royce Guru as well, due to the 74 Rolls-Royces he collected.
1: Okay, so this guy is preaching free love. He's going around India just telling people they should just be fucking all the time and having a good old time. And he's a creep. Why now, Carl? Well, he's actually not my creep. But I have to introduce you to this character first. So... Let's get into the cult belief that this guy is starting up here. These, uh, these Bhagwanians or Rajneeshis, whatever you want to call them.
0: Founded by Osho, the Rajneesh movement, also known as Sanyasin, was a cult that combined aspects of Eastern and Western spirituality into a belief system that focused on indulgence. Their ideology was based around an idea of self-fulfillment without rules or a narrow view of morality. At one point, his followers were also known as the Orange People, though later they also started dressing in red. Although Osho preached enlightenment and living in harmony with their surroundings, he enforced a mentality that led to an isolated community that kept tight control over its members. The cult would also extract donations from its members, sometimes telling them to call their parents to ask for upwards of $20,000.
1: So we're seeing something in common with these gurus, how, uh, look, we'll help you out if you just give us everything you have and everything your family has too, then we'd be happy to help you out. Oh yeah, we'll fuck you. So he, because India was was not enjoying what he was teaching, so he had to leave India because he had amassed a huge following. So he purchased 60,000 acres in Eastern Oregon and 7,000 people moved with him to this town in Eastern Oregon that they ended up actually taking over. And um, I like that, you know, you were talking about how Keith was knocking up these women and then forcing abortions. Yeah. Similar policy amongst these uh, free love people. And although
0: free love was supposedly encouraged, any children that might result out of such love were not. If a woman got pregnant at the Pune Ashram in India or Rajneeshpuram in Oregon, she was given a choice. She could agree to have an abortion or leave the property. There were no children born in Oregon to Rajneesh cult members during the height of its influence. Sterilization was also encouraged for women and was considered mandatory for Osho's top woman officials.
1: That's right. They know the kids can really fuck up a good time and they're like, nope, no kids here. We are going to do drugs. We are going to fuck each other a lot and there will be no children and don't touch the cars. And you'll, yes, and yeah, don't touch his cars too. So you'll notice there, he says the, the top ranking officials had to get sterilized. Now, the toppest top ranking official was a woman named Ma Anan Sheila. Her vagina was like a wizard's sleeve that
3: was dragged behind her. Let's learn about Queen Sheila here. The followers all wore red, they adhered to very strict schedules. Meanwhile, Ma Sheila began calling herself queen and carrying around a 357 Magnum. The Rajneshis also began driving around town in a Jeep with a machine gun on the back of it. The plan was to overwhelm these towns by basically taking over their political systems. The Rajneshis had already taken over a nearby town called Antelope and renamed the town Rajnesh.
1: Okay, yep. so they took over an entire town, they renamed it, and now they're looking at, in the larger county, we don't have any influence, we're less than 10% of the population of this county. So how are we going to get political influence, because they want to start building, they need building permits, they want to take over, right, Vinny? So They kind of want to be like a sovereign society within the U.S. Within they should the probably area. start procreating if they really want to get that done. Nope, even better, they busted homeless people. They got thousands of homeless people from all over the country busted them in and then said, okay, you can can live here with us, eat our food, you just got to vote for who we tell you to vote for. And you're all getting fucked. And the, the best part is, Vinny, is that this didn't work real well because these homeless people are mentally ill. They weren't into moving on. They tend to act up from time to time. They're hard to control.
0: Everyone who was brought into Rajneesh Puram was expected to register to vote and then vote for the cult's favored candidate. However, the cult hadn't considered the fact that many of the homeless people that they brought to Rajneeshpuram also suffered from untreated mental illnesses. Fights often broke out, and to regain control, they injected the tranquilizer Haldol into beer kegs and served the tainted alcohol to the homeless.
1: (laughs) <laughs> They're injecting beer with a tranquilizer. Like, here, drink up, buddy. That, <laughs> you seem upset.
4: That's
1: the equivalent
4: of giving a baby like a little shot of ja- a little touch
2: of yeah.
1: whiskey. Yeah, these guys are pretty much the Britney Spears uh, parenting wise of uh, cult leaders. So that didn't work out real well. So Honestly, they you're get-
4: telling me that their their plan was we're going to take over the the country yep. through democracy, which yep. is legal. Mm-hmm. And when these guys get out of line, we're not going to hurt them. We're just going to. Give him a beer and calm him down a little bit. This is the creepy move. Oh, no, I
1: haven't gotten to the creepy move yet. But I just want to play this clip just in case there's an argument later about, oh, well, it has to be a self-help guru. This is proving that Sheila did consider herself the head of this cult, this this self-help cult
0: it's like this is a product that you don't know and it's supposed to make you feel great you're supposed to be enlightened
4: you said also that the Bhagwan was really not the slightest bit interested in enlightenment so it was a con absolutely you as the queen presided over an empire built on a gigantic con
0: yes I did preside over it
4: okay
1: so she's she admits that even though it's supposed to be about enlightenment and self-improvement it's all a con this call that they've created now Vinny. As you said, democracy. We want to take over, so we got to get the votes. We got to get the vote out. We got to get our people. Do you on think the you and I could do that?
4: Well, they had an interesting plan. Do you here. think there's a town that we could do that? We could get all the Creepoff fans just to come and we could take over? Creepville? Can we do it where I currently live?
1: <laughs> that would be better for
4: me. <laughs> can we take over the city of Rochester, please? That'd be fun. That would be fun. That'd be pretty cool. Or you just come to Dabblecott. we can do it for the weekend of February uh, 2nd
1: and 3rd. Who's going to be the king of Rochester once we become a sovereign uh, part of this nation? All right, you can be my queen, Vinny. I don't want to be the queen. I'll let you be my queen, buddy. All right, so this is where you're going to get upset, because their whole grand scheme was, we don't have enough people to win these, these elections. But what if everyone else in this county was too sick to get to, the, to
3: vote because maybe uh. they had eaten something that was poisonous and not good for them? The Rajneshi movement needed ways to inflate their numbers and essentially keep the locals away from the voting polls. What if everyone was too sick to actually go out and vote. In September of 1984, a woman stood at the Salsa Bar and Taco Time holding a small bag of her own homemade salsa. She poured it across all of the condiments and this started what was the largest bioterrorist attack in US history. The group contaminated 10 different fast food restaurants with salmonella- You in
4: motherfuckers! The two months. It made
3: 757 people sick It sent uh, a couple dozen people to the hospital. Had they gone with their initial plan of using typhoid fever, it would have been a massacre. That's right, Vinny. The largest bioterror attack in US history
1: was performed in Oregon in 1984 because they were just trying to keep people from voting. I think they've gotten a little more sophisticated now with how they cheat. All right, so... Um, yeah, they did a much bigger job in 2020. They sure did. Thank you. That's, I that didn't was, say that. That was
4: the point I was trying to make. Keep us on YouTube.
1: Turns out, Vinny, that this wasn't necessarily what they thought was going to stop people from voting. This was just a trial run.
0: In the original plan, the Rajneeshis were going to use salmonella typhi, which causes typhoid fever, which would have certainly resulted in many deaths. The salad bar attacks were meant to be a trial run for a larger poisoning right before the election, likely through the town's water supply. At one point, the leaders even considered flying a plane filled with bombs into the county courthouse.
1: (laughs) That's a little bit too obvious, I would think. Probably don't want to do that one.
4: Yeah, that one's, I mean, you're going to ruin it for yourselves if you go that far.
1: So what happened was, our um, hero of the story, Osho, the sex guru... Bagwan Shri, Rajanesh He was not behind this plan. This was all Sheila.
4: Osho should have been the hero here. And so, they should have come in and shut this whole thing down with this tainted food. So what Osho does is he gets the authorities
1: involved and says, look, at, you got to see what, what they're up to on my compound here. And so they go and they raid it.
0: And on October 2nd, a state federal task force raided the commune. Upon entering the commune, the FBI discovered a fully-fledged bioterrorism lab. In addition to the laboratory, officials found an arsenal of guns, evidence of a wiretapping operation, and a top-secret research project by the Rajneesh Medical Corporation to develop a live AIDS virus. (laughs)
4: <laughs> they are trying to develop their own AIDS. <laughs> Everything was also covered in cum. And the place <laughs> yeah. smelled like bleach. Dude,
1: this is literally like Dr. Evil shit. They're like, how are we going to take over the world? We'll create our own AIDS. <laughs> it's fucked up, man. I wow. mean,
4: I feel like this guy's more of a cult leader than a self-help dude. Because like, his whole thing was like, hey, everybody, come on, hippies, let's come fuck. It wasn't like...
1: Yeah, your guy was too. No, so, he was ESP. Uh, uh, Executive uh,
4: Success Program.
1: Ah... Uh, all right. I can tell you think you're losing because now you're trying to... I don't think that. ...try to poke some holes into this. All right. So let's see what happened
3: to uh, Ma Anand Sheila Ma and her co-conspirators were given 20 years in prison, but ultimately only ended up serving two. She actually fled to West Germany, got away from all of this, and then they got her back to the States so they
1: could um, convict her and trying to... Po- actually, poisoning all these people... Got her twenty years, she served two of those years, and then it was free and went to Switzerland. How did she get out after two years? I,
4: that's a great question. Oh, that you probably would have been able to answer had you done your research.
1: Well, Vinny, what happened was she was out on parole after
4: two years. On a 20 sent- year sentence. Yes. That's insanity. That's insanity. I know. Jerigan, Ch- you deserved this. So Sheila was, was she tried in the town of Rajneesh? out of that? <laughs> right, yeah, happen? right, exactly. So they take it over by then. So
1: This woman, Sheila, was actually interviewed by 60 Minutes Australia after she had fled to West Germany. And what was happening was they did a whole story that was breaking down the stories between what Rajnesh said happened and what Sheila said happened. And this is interesting. So you can see how evil this woman is and what a creep she is. Because Rajnesh accused her of trying to poison his doctor and people close to him on top of poisoning the entire town
4: why did you poison his garden of eden
1: i poisoned his garden
0: of eden
4: he says you tried to poison his doctor his dentist his caretaker that one of your assistants jabbed his doctor (laughs) jabbed his doctor in the butt with a poison needle
0: (laughs) that's very nice did she do a good job
4: the doctor apparently is still alive
0: then obviously she didn't do a good job and i guarantee if she was my assistant
1: she would have done a good job not a good defense did you have your assistant try to kill his doctor is the doctor still alive Psst, then it wasn't my work i guess you done if i want someone dead they are done
4: though. i like her
1: <laughs> she's a creep minnie she is my creep please vote at our subreddit and uh, sorry i didn't get it up last week i'll get it up today for us the uh, the poll will be there so that you can vote
4: for carl and ma anon sheila all right, Carl. Good job this week. Thanks, buddy. Thanks for uh, thanks for doing your research. Hey, um, Alex.
1: I want to play something for you. Doug from the jingles department was inspired by uh, me spinning the wheel last week. Really? Yeah, and he put this- We thing- finally
4: got a jingle from the jingles department after three years? <laughs> awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Gary,
3: Indiana, as a Shakespeare would say. And that's fine. Trips along softly on the tongue this way. Kick ass, dude. Gary, Indiana, Gary, Indiana, Gary, Indiana. Oh, shit. Gary, Indiana still out here? Mm-hmm. Hell yeah, bro. Gary, Indiana, Gary, Indiana, Gary, Indiana. That's the town that knew me when. I'm glad but, everyone's having so much fun with us right like now. Have a logical explanation. And that's fine. How I happened on this elegant syncopation.
1: I Maybe I could stay with Patty Seacombs and crashing on his couch or in his closet.
0: Kick dude. I think this is fucking going can great. i to
1: my face. Drive to <laughs> Gary, Gary in Indiana. Indiana. <laughs> Gary, in <laughs> Indiana. <laughs> Not Louisiana,
3: <laughs> Paris, <laughs> France, New York, or Rome. Like that fucking guy's but the best. Gary, Indiana, Gary, Indiana, Gary.
2: All right, guys. So Indiana. WTP's going to be at home as home I recover
1: from my uh, <laughs> gunshot wounds. I'm tired of having to be a Tasmanian devil On the fucking microphone every fucking week Vinny loves hearing himself
4: laugh maniacally No, it just <laughs> I, It brought me back to that moment of joy When you hit that and I watched the way you did that spin. Ugh. I was like, oh, I hope you fucking get backfired. I, I just looked at you and went, oh, I hope he gets the worst thing that'll hate the fucking most. fucking backfired. When I on saw me. you do that little limpress spin. Oh,
1: you're a limpress spin.
4: Me. Minnie. It's like a fucking kitten pawing at a fucking testicle. All right, Benny. You know, what? <laughs> I'm not familiar with that. Sure, you are, Carl. <laughs> okay.
1: Sure, you are. All right, Benny. I think it's time for the newest segment of our show that everybody loves. Who are you? Creepos. That's right. This is the portion of our show where we not only tell you we're the best true crime podcast out there, we prove it. And how do we do that? We do that by breaking down the other true crime podcasts one at a time and showing you how god-awful they each are. Every one of them a piece of shit. Except for Sword and Scale. We like Sword and Scale. But no. all, the, all the other ones are a hot pile of garbage. Today, I present to you a show called Cold Case Murder Mysteries. This is a suggestion from Cuso DM in Discord, and he told me that Dan Harmon referred to the host as Autism Detective. Now, this host is Ryan Krause, and Ryan Krause is an interesting personality. Let's put it that way. Let me start off by showing you how the show starts the, the intro here. So
4: I have a feeling we're going to find a dude wearing like a Pokemon Snuggie like at, in salad <laughs> doing true crime. Is that what's going on here? Well, let's, first, let's listen to the
1: small dick energy that he starts the show with. And these shows can go on for two,
4: three, four hours sometimes. Small dick energy. Must be a Bills fan.
2: Hey, everybody, welcome back to Cold Case Murder Mysteries. I'm your host, Ryan Krause, joining you for the first episode of 2023, in which we're going to delve into the madness surrounding the gluttonous consumption of everything Brian Koberger and the Moscow, Idaho murders.
1: All right, I cut that out because it's a run on sentence. It just goes on and, on and on and on and on and on and on and on. Now, here's what's great about this show, Betty. Mm-hmm. This guy gets negative reviews sometimes from people. And he loses his mind over it. He starts off a show from right before Christmas time. Well, Mm. fuck it. I'll just play it for you. This is how he starts it off.
2: I think the one thing I've noticed more than anything else about podcast listeners in more than five years of producing this show is that the people who care and are supportive, even if it's for other shows and not mine are the people who tend to seem like they're actually happy, or at least fighting for happiness and living decent lives. If you're one of those people, again, whether your support goes to my show or someone else's or even many people's work, thank you for having the courage and conviction to create a positive environment in which we can examine the human condition while being vulnerable, because that's what this is really all about. What's inside our hearts and minds?
1: Is that what it's really all about? Okay. What up? you say so? Fucking hurt, baby. Now, Vinny, I'm going to apologize in advance. It's very hard to get short clips from this guy because he just goes on and on and on. I was listening to him in his most recent episode talking about that case in Idaho, and he's talking about how the eyewitness says that the murders happened at 4 a.m. She saw the 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 Coburger, whoever it was, the suspect at 4 a.m. But there's a camera from the neighbors next door where you can hear a dog barking at 419. And he says, obviously, this happened at 419 because the camera's going to know better than the eyewitness who was probably drinking all night. And he explains that point, I'm not kidding you, for 12 minutes. And I'm like, no, I get it. I get it. I get it. And he just kept going. I'm like, I don't even know how to clip this. But obviously,
4: the camera would be right.
1: Dude, over and over again. You, you can't trust people's memories. Yeah, I know. The camera's probably right. Of course it is. We know. We get it. The camera doesn't have an agenda. I know.
4: Dude. Who hurt this guy? I know.
1: I'm, I'm just like, who's arguing with you over this? Why do you think this is a difficult concept for anyone to grasp? We, we get it. So similarly, I'm listening to the beginning of this episode, the one before that, and he read this one review and got so upset. And basically what he said in that clip that you just heard is if you give negative reviews to podcasts, you're a miserable fuck. And I don't, he's not wrong. I kind of agree that's probably true for yeah, the but most we started, part, yeah. but um, he is very upset about this one.
2: The other day, as I finished a 16-hour session rewriting a feature film script, I happened to scroll through a few of my recent reviews on Apple Podcasts. Now, I've had the same rating on Apple Podcasts for over five years, even right down to the decimal point. My Spotify rating has actually gone up. I am polarizing, but in the most predictable way. And so, like I said, right down to the decimal, I've had the same rating on Apple podcasts since 2017. Then along comes a coward who hides behind anonymous reviews and could absolutely never summon the courage to create anything requiring public scrutiny to assert that the reviews of my podcast are increasingly poor and she knows why.
1: Yeah, so immediately to the, oh, you're going to critique my stuff? You you can't even create something like I do. I create. I'm a creative. You don't even understand what it's like to be a creative.
4: God forbid he sees us talking about us. Oh, he would not enjoy
1: this at all. So now he goes on to explain how dumb this woman is.
2: If my rating has not changed in more than five years from a factual standpoint, then I know whatever comes out of her mouth next is going to be equally stupid. And here it is.
1: Okay, okay, so, dude. Yeah, it's like relax. And yet she might be dumb. But I don't know. It's very possible. I mean,
4: what was what did she say about him? Well, let's find out,
1: because this is probably the worst excuse possible for having a shitty podcast
2: she listened to an episode from 2021 in which I talk about the protagonist of the event in the context of refusing to change when she needs to. And this person has now had an epiphany she finds brilliant, but couldn't be any more ridiculous. I have said on many occasions that this show is what it is and it is intended to be a rough first draft whether an episode is one hour or six hours
1: oh i see it's not supposed to be good you see vinny he's not even trying to make it a quality product so how could you critique him when it's not a quality product
4: what fucking movie is he writing oh
1: dude he gets more into that this is
4: hilarious he's got the reason why his podcast stinks this is like stunning. Which he doesn't think his podcast stinks, but it does. It's unlistenable. What's his? Do we, have we looked up his iTunes rating? Yeah, he's got like a,
1: a three point six. 3. Oh, 3. so 7. it is terrible. Um, he's got like fifteen hundred reviews. I can read some of the reviews for you mm-hmm. in a minute because there are some scathing reviews out here. I hope a lot of people don't do that to him because he gets upset. What's the name of the show again? It is called Cold Case Murder Mysteries. And
4: you can leave reviews of Cold Case Murder Mysteries on iTunes and on Spotify. Yeah, he gets he gets upset.
1: And when you read things that are negative. I don't think
4: that would be something we should do.
1: But Hold on, though, Vinny. He's got a really good excuse for why the podcast isn't that great.
2: That has always been my intention, and not ever have I intended to make a highly produced and edited product because, quite simply, I have so many other things I'm working on that require a tremendous amount of my attention. I don't have the time energy or desire to do that and have articulated my intentions in that way so that everyone can understand why I do what I do. I have multiple creative projects, from screenplays to TV pilots to animation, that demand every bit of my attention.
4: He's just too busy with all of his projects, buddy. you animate your fucking voice, dude? Oh, and then also, so can dull. I just say, how dare you? You're yelling at someone for saying, I don't like this fucking fucking hot slap together fucking piece of shit that you put up yep your first draft podcast oh i'm not allowed i have to give you five stars for your first draft podcast because you put it up and your your number didn't change for five years mr 3.7
1: but Vinny, how could he do a better show he's got so much going on he's got the screenplays and the pilots and all these things that he's working on so, of course, nope. is this is excuse for everything that sucks that he creates? Listen, man. Maybe focus. Maybe focus on something
4: you're good at. That That's always the thing, man. You and I both know this. Sometimes you could focus on way too many things at once. Sure. And whenever you do that, something is going to suffer. Of course. Yes. It sounds like this man's mental health is suffering. <laughs> oh, my God. He is. He is none
2: too pleased about this. My life is nothing but one giant revision, as I am constantly creating, analyzing, editing, and refining in a process that isn't likely to end until I'm dead.
1: Ugh. All right. I got to cut that one short. Basically, what he's saying is, don't tell me to be better. I already know that. I already know I should be better, and I'm already working on that. I had a friend who pulled this bullshit. It was actually a bandmate of mine. And it'd be like, dude, you didn't learn the song. He's like, I know. I know I should be learning the song, so don't get mad at me because I'm mad at myself. It's like, well, that's not how this works.
4: I can still be mad at you. No one can be more <laughs> disappointed in me than me. Yeah, right, So exactly. everybody just lay off and let me sit here and suffer no consequences whatsoever. So he's going through the different phases Ugh. here. So it
1: starts off with the, listen, I, I don't even want it to be good. I, and who are you to judge? You're probably miserable and you can't create anything. And then he starts to get aggressive.
2: I have gotten the attention of everybody from soccer moms to celebrities by being this person and furthermore I am fucking sick of the bullshit neurodivergent people have to tolerate because of those like you. We have special interests. We ramble and if you don't like it, Go fuck yourself. Whoa!
1: Fuck me or fight me. This has escalated quickly, hasn't it? Yeah, it's very Patrick Michael-esque as far as the excuses for someone not liking what he's doing. So he's neurodivergent, which I believe means he has autism. Uh-huh.
4: So okay.
1: that's, another th- that's another shield. So he's fixated. It's another shield he's, he's hiding behind. He's
4: fixated on the one fucking negative if, review. If you... Oh, he's so fixated on it. If, yeah. if
1: you put things out there... And people don't like it, it's going to happen. If you don't want anyone critiquing you, then don't put anything out there. You're fucking telling me. Yeah, no shit. Welcome to our world. Oh, boy. But he's very upset with these people who are just anonymous on the internet
2: talking all this mad shit. My work will never appear in an anonymous review because I am not a coward. Please, if you are one of these ignorant cowards, just think about how miserable you have to be to anonymously insult and poorly review a creative just prior to Christmas because you've decided he's done you wrong. I have not done anything wrong. I make this show as is for the thousands of people who want to hear it every week. And when I succeed at my creative projects outside of it, which require mind blowing amounts of introspection and change, I will thank those amazing people for not being assholes sticking with me, believing, and most of all, realizing that trying to hold people down to make them like you or make them exactly what you want instead of what they are, only results in drowning yourself
1: this turned into the speech that john candy gives in planes trains and automobiles hey i like me my my clients like me my family likes me
4: yeah but he was also not under the impression that he's going to be immensely successful in all of his endeavors and be able to make sure that when he does when i do thank everyone not you dude
1: this guy is insane
4: yeah, that's <laughs> I don't not how, a normal reaction. I don't though, know how, like,
1: no. I mean, this goes on for, for a long time. I don't know how just, like, one comment, he's got 1,500 reviews on there, and just this one comment just set him off. And I love the, and before Christmas, too, you're going to criticize my work right before Christmas. How, how dare you? How dare you do this?
4: You've ruined the holidays. Uh,
2: <laughs> the cowardice of some of these people is beyond shocking, and the stupidity is something I can't even reconcile against reality.
4: Whoa, you got... Butt slam! Please tell me. <laughs> please tell me this is over a four-star review or something ridiculous.
1: Oh, I was trying to find the review. I, I can't even find it. I'll read some of the ones that are from okay. around this time. But all right, so this is where he loses me. I, I don't know what's going. On. I'm like, Ryan, can we wrap this up, please?
2: So to that reviewer and the other cowards who don't and can't create and only criticize because they have miserable, fearful, and empty <laughs> lives, my listeners and I will see you with the finish line of this race, and your dumb ass will be begging us to watch you clap while we finally celebrate the victory. Please clap. <laughs> what?
4: What the no. fuck did that mean? That was one of the worst promos I've ever heard.
1: <laughs> that was so stupid. He's like, well, you know what? We're going to be the winner, and you're going to be the loser, and you're going to want to be on the winner team.
4: You're going to be begging us yeah. to watch you clap for us. You'll see.
1: Wh- what? Dummy. What are you talking
4: about? Just let it go.
1: The person didn't like your podcast. I don't like it either.
4: Who cares? I hope he's making something really special and great, like a macaroni statue or something <laughs> <just> stupid and <laughs> yeah. weird.
1: It seems like I get my sprinkle paint. Then you guys will see. All right. I have um, I have one more from here oh, this
2: guy Christ. sure
4: is full of himself certainly is
2: I have made a difference in the hearts and minds of human beings, so to marginalize my efforts by pointing out that your perceived shortcomings of my neurodivergence demand reflection and change is selfish, disgusting, and indicative of an ironic truth I can see right through the imaginary wall you've put between us to protect yourself, which is that you and not I are the one who needs to change, so shut the fuck up and listen.
1: Let me translate that. I believe what he said was, you're rubber and I'm glue. No, I'm rubber and you're glue. Go fuck yourself. (laughs) Wow. Wow. And actually, that is uh, on December 23rd, someone with a one-star said, wow, I thought at first this was some kind of satire. What an arrogant jerk. Didn't get past the first
4: 10 minutes. Uh, I like the, the guy who murdered those girls in the dorm better than him right now. Yeah,
1: Yeah, listen to some of these. Uh, this is Holy Bitterness. It's apparent this guy has short man syndrome, but about the cases he thinks he knows more about than everyone else who did actual investigating, LOL. Uh, someone else gave it just a thumbs down as the title says, How long does it take to get to the story? Such a boring voice. And then this one, Cadence, Stupidity. I think uh, Adnan is guilty, so talking about a specific episode here. So I wanted to listen to a podcast from someone who agrees to see if we have the same points. This guy is stupid, and the canes of his voice is super annoying. Don't bother.
4: (laughs) All good points. He's so bad. Yeah, not a great show, Carl, but I got to tell you, I uh, like whoever said it in the the, uh, Mikey added, Carl found Patrick Michael's brother. Right. The production value seems okay. But just the
1: way this guy thinks, it's, like, so incorrect. This is the wrong approach to life. Oh, man. I think you may have to revisit this guy. Yeah, that's an interesting one. So. We got to
4: keep an eye on it if he hears this.
1: Ryan Krause. Oh, Ryan. Ryan, don't do that, buddy. <laughs> Ryan, You give people out. too
4: much power when you do that. I am the one giving you the power. <laughs> it's the I'll see you at the finish line.
1: You don't think I'm great, but there's thousands of people who do, so, so there...
4: Pathetic. christ all right you ready for some voicemail i am we got a sponsor
1: the creep off voicemail segment is
4: brought to you by the city of syracuse a syracuse police officer is on paid administrative leave after firing a shotgun in his apartment the harshest penalty you can give a syracuse police officer <clears throat> see you in syracuse go home for the day and think about what you've done <laughs> all right here we go uh someone is upset with you carl okay hi <sighs> This is Nancy
3: Grace. Carl, what did the grieving mother say to the most inspiring, wonderful woman out there? She didn't say anything because she killed herself. <laughs> no, oh, Carl, not? keep my name out of your mouth unless you want to do the same. Beanie, stop your pal. You deserve
4: that win. Thank you, Nancy. I don't even think that was the real Nancy Grace. All right. Uh, here's a thought.
2: Vinny not liking being
4: touched and hating sleepovers and being Vinny in general inspired me to think of a new dual consequence. You guys should take an autism test together. Results may surprise you. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know if anybody would actually be surprised. (laughs) Hey, boss girl, I'm Manny Muska.
1: Manny, thank you so much, buddy. appreciate all that you contribute to the shows. I don't know what this is.
4: Uh, This just sounds like it's for you.
1: I'll be jamming this in Gary.
2: Uh
4: (laughs) I don't know what I'm listening to.
1: Yeah, I don't know either. All right. Sounds like I was in Gary and got an accident. Hey, I have a a voicemail for the creep off here.
4: All right. Let's hear it. Hey, Carl. This is for the creep off. And that rule you were thinking
1: of when you had to spin the wheel is, if I recall correctly, you can choose... To not do whatever the consequence was that was landed on, but then you you know, whoever won that week gets to choose mm. automatically the next, you know, your fucking consequence. So, That's right. I mean, I kind of forgot what was on the list, but I think driving to Gary, Indiana was like the worst one on there. Yeah. If not, maybe giving up your Patreon money. Anyways.
4: I forgot that was the rule that we had. Oh, are you want, trying to
1: exercise it? Well, let me ask you this, because it's too late now. I've accepted my fate of driving to Gary, Indiana. What would you have chosen if I would have said, no, I'm not doing this one. Give me a different one. Oh,
4: nothing major. Truck nuts. Something like that. Come on! Yeah, something like that. Then something let's easy. do that, then. I would have give you something easy. Let's do
1: that, then. I don't want to go to Gary. Let's do that. Oh, so
4: I really do get to pick?
1: <laughs> oh, shit, no! <laughs> You're going to Tom no, Myers? No, expert, no, asshole. no,
4: no, no, no. I don't want to go to Baltimore. I mean, I would rather go to Baltimore than I would rather go to Gary because it's like three hours closer. Chicago's a short flight. It's fine. Okay. <laughs> it's All fine. right, dickhead. <laughs> All right, I got no more voice spells. You ready for a scum parade? I am. Let's do it. Where'd it go? Scum parade. Take me
1: on a raid of these fuck charades that these creeps have made. Scum Parade, Vinnie and Carl gonna tell you about some fuck shit. Scum Parade, like stories of a kid fucked by his mom or dad, soaking up the
2: blood of a cat. Scum Parade.
4: Where are we starting off here, Vinny? I used to think that my dumb brother was the worst family dollar employee of all time. Mm-hmm. Remember when he chased a guy with the box cutter and he yep. got run over by the car? Because yep. he's stupid and an idiot? <laughs> yeah. A family dollar employee recently was disciplined for calling in sick too many times. She was arrested Thursday. Uh, according to arrest affidavit, Denisha Holiday 24 was charged with aggravated assault and reckless endangerment with a deadly weapon. Officers responded at about 3.45 p.m., to the family dollar store earlier in the day court records show the employee texted her boss to say she was too sick to come in the manager responded by taking her off the work schedule for excessively calling in sick you, you listen if the employees aren't going to show up we got to get someone who will the conversation escalated carl and court documents say how they threatened to quote pull up at the store i okay. got feeling better yep Now, later in the day, Holiday (laughs) did show up at the store. All right, so I think she can admit that she was healthy enough to go to work then, right? Yeah, I mean, that you're just throwing mud on your own case. Yeah, I mean, maybe not mentally
1: healthy enough, but physically it seems like she was fine. She could definitely get there. Well, she showed up at the
4: store and pulled a gun on her boss, waved it around while there were customers and other employees inside the store. According to court documents, Holiday put the gun in her back pocket before throwing a stapler at the store manager.
1: By the way, family dollar customers responded they were pulling a gun with this do you ha- i need another one of them what aisle are they <laughs> it's like, on it's like this is pretty uh common occurrence going out of the family dollar also you don't have to if if you work for a manager of a family dollar you don't have to kill him he's going to kill
4: himself eventually just give it time oh dude just give it some time they sell wobbly stools and rope right there
1: <laughs> exactly
4: so, as she being display. escorted out by another employee, Holiday threatened to shoot up the manager's vehicle, the documents say. Mm-hmm. Now, Holiday was arrested Thursday and told, Oh, no, you're going to put more bullet holes in this vehicle? Oh, geez. On uh, chee whiz. Yeah, you know how you get bullet holes in front of your car, it in front of a family dollar? <laughs> yeah. She went to the store because another manager told her to do so, adding that she had the gun to be prepared. That's why she went there. They told me... That I had to come into work, so I came into work, and I had the gun, you know, just to be prepared for my shift. Whatever happens, yeah. You never know. Now, Holiday also told police that she took her gun out to, quote, adjust her holster, and that it wasn't that she was angry at the guy. Sure. And the stapler just fell out of her head. I don't know. (laughs) She's jailed on a $10,000 bond record show, so that's a lot of fun. Yeah, wow. Drama at the family dollar. Now- We've all had that boss, right? Ride you a little bit too hard. You're like, I'm telling you, man. One more fucking word out of you. Hey, by the way, I just looked at this and I realized I forgot something I wanted to do during the last segment. Oh yeah. What's so that? I'm just gonna pop it up real quick. We had a suggestion for the wheel. Oh okay. That was on last year's or last week's ballot. Okay. And this is the funniest goddamn suggestion we've ever gotten for the wheel. Oh good. And I've been laughing about this for three days. So whoever this was, brilliant. Educational share seven ninety. On a side note, after listening to the most recent WATP, I think a new consequence should be added to the wheel. Join a comedy improv group, gain their trust, and then undermine a live performance. Oh, no, 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 no. That was a joke, sir. I want to do it. I think that's hysterical. I think that
2: should go on
1: the wheel. That's like a fucking 18-month con that we'd have to be a part of. Holy shit. All of a sudden, you just start (laughs) no-butting? Right, exactly. I mean, you could- easily thwart uh, an improv show if you wanted to. If you want to just be a dick about it. I
4: don't think it's 18 months. I don't think it's that hard to get on an improv true.
1: No, I know, but you want to gain their trust. You don't want to just go the first
4: show out and do that. Yeah. That makes it funnier. If they're just like, Carl,
1: what What happened to you? thought we were boys.
4: <laughs> also, don't let me forget the big announcement at the end of the show. Uh, Lafayette County, Wisconsin, Carl. 50-year-old woman is accused of trying to kill her veterinarian husband with animal euthanasia medicine. Okay. You're going to need a lot of it. I'm sure. Court records show Amanda Chapin have been charged with one count of attempted first-degree intentional homicide for allegedly poisoning her husband, Gary. Amanda, I just told you, is 50. Gary is 70. They got married in March and had what was described as a stormy marriage. If she really wants the guy dead, just make him get boosted.
1: We still, uh, we still on?
4: There goes the last. Sorry, me. <laughs> check, check. Amanda's accused of forging Gary's son's signature on a document to obtain a power of attorney, as well as forcing Gary to change his house deed to leave it to her instead. Mm -hmm. Smart. Yeah, why not? Smart. smart. The criminal complaint alleges Amanda mixed the drugs in Gary's coffee. The first time it happened, he reportedly felt like he was, quote, underwater. But Amanda allegedly tried to tell him his symptoms were similar to a stroke and that he had a drooping face. (laughs) <laughs> oh, it's just, you're not poisoning, yeah, I'm just having a stroke? Just a stroke. Oh, Stop complaining. Right. I'm going to go golf. A few weeks later, the same thing occurred after having this coffee. Uh, the third time, August 21st, he was reportedly hospitalized and left in a coma for four days. All right, I guess in this case, third time's the harm. That is the name of this episode. Thanks, Three buddy. third times the harm. Doctors at the hospital reportedly found traces of barbiturates in his system, which included drugs he used to euthanize animals, as well as an anti-seizure medication for dogs. Can this woman kill anyone? She sucks at this. Gary's son filed a restraining order for his father, and Gary also filed for divorce in September. Yeah, I'd divorce her, too. Oh, she's the worst. On September 1st, Amanda reportedly sent Gary an email, which violated the restraining order, and said she wanted to die because she believed his children would destroy her. All right, well then kill yourself. Fine. If you want to die. Make yourself a coffee, bitch. Yeah, right. You know how to do this. Amanda was- No, she doesn't. Yeah. Amanda was hospitalized after a suicide attempt and then taken into custody.
1: Amanda, Uh, come on. What are you doing?
4: Can't kill anything.
1: Can't kill anything.
4: Start, Uh, Start with mice.
1: Work your way up. Jesus. Carl.
4: Yes. We got a baby
1: thrower. Oh, boy. I'm excited about this. Hit it. Oh, wrong
4: one. Welcome to the Creep Out Baby Throw League. Nothing better than a Monday afternoon baby throw. We're starting in a Who needs a
1: quarterback right now? Who's looking to recruit? Let's take a look.
4: <laughs> yeah. The Dolphins might need a quarterback. We have uh we have Skylar Thompson and Mike Glennon. you That I know of for Sunday. Yikes. All right. A 23-year-old woman in Ahmadabad was arrested for allegedly flinging her three-month-old daughter from the third floor of the civil hospital in Ahmadabad in Gwart, resulting in the infant's death. Oh, she didn't survive that one? Yeah. Hmm. Um, Where's that dude who does the numbers? Yeah, yeah. Three months old, third floor. What's going on here? Yep. Numbers don't lie. Yeah. So right off of the third floor... The incident took place in the medical facility early in the early hours of su- on last Sunday. Farzana Banu Malik, a resident of Petland, Taluka in the state's Ana district, has said she took this extreme step as her child was ailing since birth and could not bear to see her in so much pain. Oh, well, that was a humanitarian thing to do then. Chuck, in, your, chuck your baby
1: off the third floor.
4: She had, however, initially tried to mislead. <laughs> Claiming that the child had gone missing from the hospital. Oh, yeah, happens all the time. Three months old, just get up and run away. Oh, she didn't get far. We found her outside on the... <laughs> yeah. Right in front of the front door. She's been suicidal since two days. Two days old. She hasn't been right lately. Yeah, she hasn't been herself. She hasn't been herself the last couple of days. The last couple of feedings, she yeah. didn't really feel well. She said, however, she she tried to tell him that the baby had disappeared, but the uh, close Cambridge TV footage of the civil hospital showed otherwise. Yeah. Yeah.
1: You got to kill your kids at home.
4: She was seen going towards the gallery, carrying her daughter, and then coming back Mm empty-handed. The dead body was found by hospital staff on the ground floor. The woman has admitted that she did it, and uh, the child fell ill immediately after birth and was operated on at that hospital where she was admitted for 24 days. So here's what's going on. They're running up the bill. On this mom. <laughs> I mean, and this mom's it. like, I got to get out of this. How do I get out of this? Here's what I'm noticing.
1: They treat cows better than they do treat babies over there.
4: Yeah. Got to get their priorities straight. Yeah, but, I mean, it's really hard to throw a cow off a balcony. That's true. <laughs>
1: yeah, maybe a calf. Yeah. Good point.
4: Yeah. You never get them down the stairs, so you have to throw them out the window, I've heard. Isn't that the thing with cows? That's the thing with cows. Yeah. yeah you, have you, have have, you have to chuck them out the window. Nope. So, Carl. Let's go down to Utah, shall we? We found a wonderful father. Mm -hmm. This guy probably could have just been a creep, but this story is just pretty bonkers, so we'll go for it today. What's his name, Michael Love? His His name is Michael Hyatt. Oh, I thought it was Hate. Michael Hate. I guess that's how you would say it. Enoch County, Utah, identified the suspect in the murder-suicide of Tasha Haight, their are three, three daughters, ages 17, 12, and 7, and two sons, ages 7 and 4. Also, Tasha Haight's mother, 78-year-old Gail Haight. According to the police department, each of the victims appeared to have gunshot wounds. Uh, da, 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 da. Sorry, folks. Police sent officers to perform a welfare check at the Haight Family Wednesday after relatives and friends contacted officials saying they were worried and had not heard from the victims. Cops found all eight family members dead inside their home and still decked with christmas lights so that's jolly sure at this time we don't believe there's a threat to the public or that there's any suspect at large michael Haight was listed as an all-state insurance agent based out of cedar city utah but a family friend told him that they quit his job just days before the slaughter oh so this guy's fucking living the dream he's Quitting his job, murdering his family. He's getting everything. He's changing his life. Yeah, except he turned the gun on himself. Oh, right. After he did that. He this. was having a good week, though. Yeah. He was finally free. Yep. For just a couple seconds there. Now, the five children attended schools in Iron County School District. The parents of the school, of all the kids of the school, are all freaked out. But they have this valuable object lesson about why you should behave when daddy tells you to do something. (laughs) Yeah, of course. So in a way, Michael Haight (laughs) may have murdered five children, his mother-in-law and his wife, but again, a valuable teaching tool for all the other children in Utah. Did
1: you happen to see the sentence in there that says it's not known why she wanted to end their marriage? Because what triggered this was that the wife was like, yeah, I'm divorcing you and and they wrote in this article a guy who murdered everyone in his family and then killed himself it's not we're not sure why she wanted to end the marriage you're not maybe it's because he's a psychopath you know a guy who's going to like murder his
4: entire family and then kill himself to be honest with you i'm more concerned about why he ended the marriage than why she would want <laughs> yeah, to yeah no
1: shit it's pretty obvious why she wanted out
4: yeah man
1: um by the way when reach for comment, president biden said let's hear him out before we cast judgment <laughs>
4: Which I agree with. Who knows? President Biden's press secretary, Karen Jean Pierre, said, The first lady said, on behalf of President Biden and the first lady, they mourn the Enoch County city community in the wake of the shooting. Isn't that nice? That's very nice. Yeah. So, Carl? Yes. That's the scum parade for this week. All right, you have a big announcement, and we also have uh, super chats to read. Yeah. So, let's do the big announcement quickly. Okay. Sounds good. Uh, Thank you for all of you who are patrons. I love you guys We love you We love you And one of the things That Carl always preaches Around here is We have to put out The best bonus content That we can And we try to Our bonus episodes Are good They're great shows They're funny Those of you who listen to them I'm sure you like them We take
1: the bonus episode seriously Because we know those are the ones You guys are paying for So yeah. we,
4: we put in a lot of effort on this. Now here's the thing By we I mean Vinny I feel, I feel like we're, <laughs> we're not doing Enough on there For you guys And I want to do more for you Because we really care And we really appreciate How you support us so, starting this Wednesday, 11.30 a.m. Eastern Time, there is going to be a little Scum Snack stream. We're going to do a, uh, a weekly stream just for our patrons, where we're going to do a couple Scum Parade stories. And uh, feel free, if you're a member of the Patreon, you can pop in, have fun with us, and hopefully we are going to make your Wednesdays a little bit better by laughing at other people's misfortunes. Yeah, take a break from your day, midday,
1: and learn about the atrocities that are happening right around you all the time.
4: Yeah, pop in with us. We're going to have a good time. <laughs> yeah. So uh if you haven't supported us on Patreon yet, it's a good time to jump on there. Uh you can find us patreon.com/thecreepoff. backslash There are links on thecreepoff.com on our webpage. You can find the link that'll take you directly to our Reddit. And uh we hope that you will join us there. And for those of you who have Supercast, you will get the links as well. Very good. All Thank right. Thank you for the so,
1: support. Looking forward to doing uh those mini-streams on Wednesdays. Yeah,
4: they're going to be a lot of fun, and uh, we hope to see you there for those. Until next week, I guess. Uh, no, we gotta do scump. we've do we got to do Super chats. It's
1: Super Chat Monday, Vinny. Two-faced lying bastard. Everyone watching this needs a self-help guru. I would agree. I'll Whisker, do it. Whisker says, after review on the play, Carl's plan is good. Vinny is charged one time out. Automatic first down. This is a well-officiated show bullshit that we have here. And then for 499 Two-Face Lying Bastard, episode 148, Creepiest Potato from either Canada or Minnesota. Sounds like Cardiff is going to be the subject of the next episode of The Creep-Off. That'll never happen. Probably not. Cardiff Electric, Minnesota Rules, Go Vikings, subreddit surfing, 8 p.m. Yes, Carter. We'll see
4: you there for subreddit surfing tonight.
1: I don't know that I would have picked the um, time that the college national championship is happening, but I'm not going to tell you guys how to market your show.
4: I'm going to tell you this. Yeah. The Reddit that we are going to visit, uh, not going to interfere, not going to be a problem.
1: Well, I just mean for people who want to stream it and watch it live, they might be, you know, hey, they might have some money down in Georgia. You to can come back spread. and watch it later. But listen, folks, we're going to have a lot of fun on this show. You might want to check it out. Um, All right, so get your uh, Super Chats in. Thank you for the support, guys. We do appreciate that as you uh, support us every Super Chat Monday. And I should give a quick programming note. A week from today is Martin Luther King Jr. Day here in the United States of America. It certainly is. And the way that I celebrate that with my family is by watching the Buffalo Sabres. So I'm going to be at the Sabres game on that monday so i think we're gonna switch to tuesday next week
4: yeah we'll be back next tuesday but for those patrons you're gonna get the wednesday all the same correct so uh we're also going to be getting that uh listener challenge recorded soon i have been very shitty at reaching out to you guys who uh challenged us but this is the creep off so you know what i say to that carl
2: oh bitch bitch bitch
4: until next week Act right, Rochester. It's <laughs> nice to be important. It's more important to be nice. Goggya. Drugs are bad. You shouldn't do drugs.